S test. There we go. Well, we must be going to have a meeting tonight. <clears throat> it's on. Yeah, batteries is good. It's on. Let's the mute is on. We'll keep this one for a spare then. Now, where were we? I'm just happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Such a privilege for us to be gathered together, isn't it? To be able to worship the Lord and to be able to sing and hear His Word and be conformed to the image of His Word, see what God is doing. It's a, it's a bad time, friends, as far as the world is concerned and all the fears and the scares of things that's going on and politics got people all tore up and diseases got folks all tore up and I'm glad we're fixing to go up. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Brother Amos, Sister Lisa, glad to have you all back home. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you. Good to see you all. Brother Frank, God bless you, buddy. Good to see you again tonight. We missed you. Praise the Lord. Let's turn again, if you would, tonight to Philippians chapter 2. We'd like to read uh, Philippians 2, 5, down through um, verses 8, and then we'd like to contrast that, the Lord willing, with Isaiah 14. I want to speak to you tonight on the thought of Satan, the opposite of kenosis. Satan, the opposite of kenosis. Jesus emptied himself out, but Satan puffs himself up. So this afternoon I decided to call him your highness, the puffiness. I thought that was a pretty good name for him. Your highness, the puffiness. Because he gets all puffed up. Y'all might not be laughing so well if you find out there's any of this left in you. Uh-oh, I done let my thunder out, ain't I? Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Now let this mind be in you. Make yourself of no reputation. Don't think more highly of yourself than you are and measure others by you. They that compare themselves among themselves, Paul said, are not wise. I thought when I left Pentecost that I got away from that, but I've realized some of the folks in this message are the worst ones I've ever dealt with. Yeah. But God's got a bride in spite of all that that's Christ-like. And this is the kind of mind that she has. We don't want to be a Donnie Reaganite. No. We don't want to be a Biscoeite, a Pruitt, a Spencerite, a, you know, whatever more. We want to be formed into the image of the Lord Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. 
and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. So he was not made to do it, but he did it on his own. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, these scriptures are so wonderful in our hearing. How you anointed your servant Paul to be able to catch the very epitome of the condescension of you becoming from the invisible into a visible human form that would be allowed to go to such depths of humiliation, it still to this day boggles the mind of human beings. We as Christians, as we've been looking at these things, Lord, for several weeks, it astounds us when we look at it. And it helps us to see that we truly need a clearer understanding to know how that greatness is really revealed in simplicity. And truly the way up is actually down. Father, we ask you tonight that you would take your word once again and speak to us. Lord, I'm a poor representative by any means to try to bring your word. Lord, I understand already that if there be anything of any eternal consequence or eternal value that will come out of this service tonight, it will have to be you that does it. I've prayed, I've studied, I've studied for hours and hours and hours and hours for this service tonight and in the morning. But all that won't do any good if you don't come and help us. So I pray you'd help me to get out of the way and help the people to be able to hear and receive that we, by hearing the word, can be conformed to this image that we so love and so desire. Grant it, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you, Saints. You may be seated. <clears throat> There's definitely a mystery about Lucifer, his uh, purpose, his origin, of course we know, created by God, not as the devil, not as Satan, but as Lucifer, the light bringer, son of the morning, morning star, the names that was given to him in the Bible. And yet, God knowing that he would not remain in that position and God couldn't make him fall from that position. But God actually put him and a certain category of angels on the same basis that later humans would be put upon. Every angel was not from the eternal essence of God's being. But some were actually created and placed in a position of probation in the same way that Adam would be in the Garden of Eden. And God actually mirrored this, of course, when He created the universe and made stars of different brilliance and brightness. Scientists tell us that what makes them with their luminosity, or as we adjust it by lights and call it lumens, is the amount of iron that's in their core. Uh, 
and the amount of hard metals that makes up the planets. Then whenever the light of the sun or the light of the moon, whatever it is, will strike those planets, according to the ability given to them by the Creator, then they will reflect. Some have more ability than others. Some are way, way, way farther off, and yet they're so bright that they outshine our sun by millions and millions of luminosity. But yet, because it was not their own design, they never made themselves that way, they never evolved that way, but the Creator created them that way. That's what we believe, right? But yet, I've never found where Mars was jealous of Jupiter, of Jupiter was jealous of Arcturus or Orion or um, all these things in the belt of Orion is a, a zone that was actually there and the light which is visible by a modern day telescope actually was the light when it comes from the earth by the time we see it. That light actually started from the sword of that constellation of Orion. It started in the days of the Lord Jesus to the earth. It's that far away from where we are. And yet, none of those stars actually are jealous of one another and they're moving around for position. But yet God made them in their brightness and He made them in degrees as He also made the heavenly principalities, powers, dominions, and thrones. But yet He made one great preeminent being in the angelic realm. And this was a being that God knew later on in time whenever it would drop down in the loop because that's what the prophet tells us, that there was a little loop that dropped down. He said, my wife calls it a little hickey. And he said it dropped down and formed a little something like that. And then it come down, but it was still eternity while it was in time. So it came down like this and he kind of speaks it and he takes his hand and, you know, drawing it as he does. And he said it come down like this and went across and then it comes back up. Now he said the blood of the Lord Jesus will be able to be spread across that entire thing in order to pull it all right back up into eternity again. So under the giving of the law, the Torah, through the sacrificial lambs and all of that, speaking of the coming of the blood under the New Testament, from the shedding of the blood of the Lamb in the book of Genesis, God sprayed the blood all across this little hickey or this place that dropped down so that it will be able to be pulled back up. And this is where we are in this block of time. And actually when time began... We know we've done been through that, but whenever it began on the earth was whenever God wanted to express Himself in material and light, matter, time, and all of that. But before that, we know that the angels actually fell before the foundation of the world was ever laid. So Jesus, as the apostles come back from going out two by two and they're preaching, casting out devils, healing the sick, and they returned back and they rejoiced. And they said, Master, the devils are subject to us. And, and we preached and we healed the sick and we done this and, and we done that. And Jesus said, I beheld Satan yeah. 
as lightning come down from heaven. Then he goes on to tell them, now don't rejoice because the devils are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That might do us good to reevaluate that again and make sure that we don't rejoice just because we're anointed or just because we feel the presence of God because there'll be days you won't feel it. But if you learn how to rejoice by revelation because your name is written in the book, whether you feel it or whether you don't, you can still rejoice. Whether you're sick or whether you're well, you can still rejoice because it's been revealed to you. Your name is in that book. Now here we want to look at this being and we have before, but as I see more about him, I want to share it with you. Because when I look at the seals and I hear the seals, I hear the revealing of so many actors in this drama. And I see the unveiling of Christ, of course, in the seals. I see the unveiling of the bride. I see the unveiling of the church, of the position of the church, the Jews, 144,000. But I also see the unveiling of the Antichrist. And remember it was in the seals that they come clear to Brother Branham that for all of these years he had preached the white horse rider that it was actually Christ. Can you imagine how astounded he was? When that day, when he was going to preach on the first seal, and he gets out his old notes, and he goes to referencing what he had preached for years, decades. And when he would read that white horse rider scripture, that he would say that that was Christ, the mighty conqueror. But when that angel stood in his room and broke that seal, he realized he had been calling the devil Christ. Now come on, Happy Valley. You've heard those things preached enough. You can say amen. I realize that act absolutely chills the blood of some message folks. It ain't my fault they're immature babies. You all should be mature to be able to say amen to that. So here he stands after all of these years and saying, I would have made a horrible mistake if the angel of the Lord had not come in the room and correct me on something I was fixing to say. What was he fixing to say? What he had already said. Now come on, let's say what the tapes say. But when the tapes change, you better change with them or you're going to be behind. Well, Brother Donnie, I can say both. That shows you're shallow and don't even understand what the message is. Well, hallelujah. That's right. So whenever that breaks, then we see the unveiling of this person that was so mysterious that he hid from Brother Branham for all of these years under the cloak of a white horse. Now you wonder why God would allow that to be. But remember, he doesn't tell his prophets everything. And he only tells them what he wants them to know. Now that was a direct quote, so you can amen it. <laughs> That's right. He said, can you imagine Jacob setting up the, down there for years and years thinking his son was dead? You imagine Jacob for 20 years believing that Joseph had been killed and God kept that truth from that prophet? 
Why? God had a reason in doing it. Do you think Jacob would have sat up there for 20 years knowing Joseph was in Egypt? He went down there, took everything he had and brought him back home. Messed up the whole program of God if he had done it. So God had to leave his prophet in that stage of ignorance about the truth. Well, hallelujah. In order that the plan of God might be fulfilled. So here God has a time and a purpose to even reveal the identity of the devil. I imagine the devil when them seals is being preached, he nearly had a nervous breakdown. I would say he was tore all to pieces. He must have bragged and boasted down in the realms of the lost when Brother Brandon would get up. Boy, here we go right in the middle of this. I hadn't even planned on going this way. But he must have been so happy and so proud and so glad and he would tell his demons down in the regions of the lost. Did you hear William Branham tonight? He called that white horse rider Jesus and it was me. I've got him tricked oh my and I imagine he come up and Brother Branham started reading it going to break the first seal and the devil thought ah <laughs> oh you know what he's going to do he's going to say it's me and Jesus said oh no he ain't because the time has opened the time has arrived for the seals to be revealed it's not only going to reveal Christ it's going to reveal Satan if the devil would have been a man his demons would have had to done mouth to mouth to revive him whenever the prophet pulled the cover off of his hide You'll imagine, hey, for the first time in 2,000 years, his old hide was uncovered. And the devil don't like to be uncovered. You remember the prophet telling us in the church age book how people would get all nervous and their eyes would go to dancing and they'd get nervous? He said, because now under the discernment, he said, because that devil knows he's fixing to be exposed and he don't like to be exposed. Well, praise the Lord. Oh, imagine that he absolutely hates sermons that lets people see who he really is. He does not like sermons that are preached that will expose devils in people's lives or devils that they're under the influence in their home or churches or whatever more that it is. Why? He don't like to be exposed. He loves to hide. Can't you see he's this imposter that loves to transform himself into an angel of light. But I say we take the cover off his hide tonight. Y'all willing? Some of you ain't sure. You want to think about it? Y'all pray about it and come back next week and let me know. Now nah, I think I've done studied this out. Let's go ahead and do it tonight. Now let's turn, if you would, to Isaiah 14, 12. This is pretty phenomenal, you know, when you look really at, at God dealing with two, two major prophets of the Old Testament and revealing to them the spirit that Lucifer was under. And it's under a dispensation of the kings of course, of the Old Testament, and we find it running in Isaiah with Nebuchadnezzar, and we find it in Ezekiel 28 running with another king, 
But it parallels because the politics of the world answer to the politics in the demonic realm. And we know then that this king in Isaiah 14 and also the king also which paralleled it over in Ezekiel 28. There was actually two kings upon the earth and this demon Satan himself was under this influence. He was also being the king of the earth via these men or vicariously. So it was him taking them over and ruling over the people of God. So this is why the Spirit of God through Isaiah went straight to the devil that was in the king. And the Spirit of God in Ezekiel went straight to the devil in the king there in chapter 28 of Ezekiel and said, Thou hast been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, the carbuncle, and all these things. Well, you know, that king that was there during that time was not there, but it was the devil himself inside that king. Well, it parallels the same right here in Isaiah 14. Now watch, he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So he gets, as prophets do, speaks in types and typologists. So he gets an image then and he identifies him as the son of the morning or a star. And he likens this image that he now brings to us as a star which was in its place. You might be identified a little bit more with a meteor, meteorite. As you've seen them, all of us has, of course, across the night we call it a falling star but the prophet tells us it was not actually a star that fell because if they would lose their place the whole thing would be out of cater but we know that there are meteors and space dusts and meteorites and things like that and whenever they will fall we see them during the night and many of them will leave a, a trail in the cosmos so here he catches this as Satan coming out of heaven as a star Jesus framed it and called him as lightning so we see him as being reflected as a star which had illumination, which had glory, which had a previous existence in the sphere of God. Positionally placed in the heavens as it were by the great creator himself and given great honor and great beauty and great wisdom and great strength. Satan must have been quite a guy. In his fallen state he's quite impressive. Well, praise the Lord. Now, this once magnificent monarch that held a place in the heavenlies, and then Isaiah said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So he falls from the east up in heaven. There he goes from the east side over into the north, and from the north then he's cast down, of course, to the earth. When he comes down, his brightness is dimmed, his glory has become diminished he loses a great position there in heaven but he does not lose his hierarchy now listen he does not lose that place that God made him neither do the demons the angels that fell with him which later become demons in the kingdom of darkness 
Oh my. Now he's identified as the morning star. So here the morning star shoots out of its original orbit in the presence of God. And the prophet likens it, this being the understanding of their day, that it was a falling star. So when the star would fall and you would get, go, see it go so far and the brightness burn out. Of course, I know even scientists tell us today that stars will eventually burn out. And when they do, they go into a black hole and the cosmic light dissipates and so on and so on. So here he parallels him as a heavenly counterpart to what God had made. Notice how, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Look at this word, light bearer, shining one, morning star, day star, Heliel, from Halel to shine. And this is the word put together in Hebrew, Halel ben Shekar. Halel ben Shekar, ben is son of. Halel ben Shekar. So he was the son of the morning or the productivity of the morning, the day star. He was the day star. Now this is the beginning of sin in the universe. So he was a bright shining star, a bright shining angel as it was. He must have been really something to look at. And he's given the same name that the Lord Jesus is going to be called by himself. Ah, you see, this is why the Adventists say that him and Jesus were brothers. Uh-huh. Him and Jesus were brothers. God the Father needed somebody to be the bad guy. So Satan volunteered. Satan's original position in heaven. Watch this. The prophet, we pick it up again in question and answers. Satan was the original archangel of God. He once dwelt in the heaven. He once was the greatest person in the heavens outside of God. He was God's right hand man to fellowship. So God didn't have a little boy over there sitting by his right hand. But actually Lucifer was by his right hand. Now remember, friends, he still to this day does not understand the Godhead. He does not understand the Godhead in Jesus. He does not understand the Godhead in you. Because he does not understand the Godhead on the throne. Now there was a visible image of the invisible God. Remember the prophet tells us that Satan don't understand it. Don't you understand why this ties into the third pull? The opening of the word when he preaches that about the third pull, he said Satan does not understand it. He looks at it and he does not understand it. Satan can hear me preach this every night and still won't understand it. Somebody ought to be shouting about right now. Because here you are sitting in the presence of God and God by his grace allowing us to understand it and the devil still don't understand it. Every service I get done with this and he goes back down to hell and saying, does Donnie believe in one? Does he believe in two? Does he believe in three? Well, devil, I'm straight on it. It's you that's messed up. Amen. And he never will understand it because the prophet said only the predestinated will be able to see who he is. Amen. Notice what happened to him now. It was God's right-hand man of fellowship. And he got, ah, oh, his highness, Mr. Puffiness himself. He got puffed up. 
up in his heart, which was his soul. Now, Christ, which is the kenosis, Christ emptied himself out. But Satan puffs himself up. Now, he does not desire to be emptied out of pride, arrogance, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-desires, self-promotion. He's the original selfie guy. You think I'm making that up? I'll prove it to you in, the, in a moment from your Bible. Question and answers again. Isn't that the way that people get today? Let God just bless a fella and put a little confidence in him and he gets to be a know-it-all. He goes to start an organization or do something that's different. Wow, watch how Brother Branham Likens now a preacher or a person that begins to think they're a know-it-all and then Brother Branham uses this scripture about Lucifer? Why art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? I want you to listen to this, friends. This statement when I heard it my years and years ago, it staggered me then. It still staggers me to this day. God has a hard time. God has a hard time trying to get somebody that he can deal with that'll stay humble and meek. God has a hard time not with creating, not with making things, but dealing with us. Finding a man that'll stay humble and meek and stay in the place until God calls him to do something. You believe that, see? A man that God can bless and he'll still keep himself a man and not be an angel or a God. Don't you understand where this comes from? When a man wants to make himself an angel or a God that is superior to all of his brothers, it's from Satan. Praise God. As soon as a man gets blessed and has a little something, I love the way he phrases this, has a little something, ah, You mean we didn't do it? You mean we didn't make it? If God allows you to be a good singer, you have nothing to be proud of. Because God could have let you be like some of the rest of us where you couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. But yet men, women, you know how it is when they go to getting things, whether it's gifts like that, or their, maybe their ability is to make money. If they're not careful, they will begin to look at themselves and think, I did this, me, mine. I tried so hard. And sure, we have to put forth the effort. With every gift that God gives, it is coupled with our submission, our humility, practice, and so on and so on. And we learn as we go. But still, it all comes from Him. Amen. 
You know as well as I do, some people try to be business people and they start one business after another after another and fall flat on their face every time they do it. Some people got it and some don't. And it's the same with preaching, musicians, singers, whatever more. I read it yesterday that the prophet said, if you're a musician, you're born a musician. And he said, there's people that send their kids to school and spend hundreds of dollars to try to teach them how to play this and that and the other, and they never become a musician. If you're called to preach tonight, you was a preacher when you was a three-year-old boy. That gift was in you before you ever got saved. And if it wasn't in you then, it'll never be in you. That's right. Now watch what happens to man. Whenever a man receives something from God. Now this is a part of the mystery of God. I can't say I fully understand. If you do, you can certainly talk to me after church and help me to see it. But God will allow gifts to fall on people that he knows will never be born again. He allows people to dream dreams, even some to prophesy, some to even have visions, some to sing and write songs and all can do it so well and God knows they'll never be born again. There's even some preachers that get in the pulpit to preach and God knows that many of them will never ever have the new birth. But he don't give gifts, just gifts, to his seed only. But he disperses gifts, gifts of kindness, gifts of mercy, all kinds of gifts. And yet God, oh my, God doesn't only just give gifts to the bride. Come on, children. So for those who do not have the kenosis in them accompanying their gift, this is where they go. They want to become a god or an angel or some great person among the rest of the brothers and you get down here and you bow to me. But they can be the most gifted man on the earth but if they're born again of the Holy Ghost they become the guy that humbles himself. But the contrast is without that you can't do it. It's not in man alone to be gifted and retain that state of humility. Praise the Lord. Notice this. He says he wants to become some great person. What I do. Now listen what people that wants to become a great person say. What I do. Me and me and mine. Now I ask y'all if y'all wanted to hear this and y'all said yeah. Of course I realized I had the advantage. I, I do have the quotes here. <laughs> y'all didn't. Oh that's the wrong attitude. God's hunting for somebody who he could bless and pour out. Oh you imagine friends. He don't want to just give little droplets every now and then. But God wants people in our message that he can pour out blessings. Oh, glory. And more he blessed the littler. The man will become. But in our mind, we think, oh, the more, the more, the more, the bigger, the bigger. No, no. 
we're going Lucifer's way. God's way is the more he gives you, the more humble you get, and the more scared you get. The more scared you get, because the more you realize, the more you've got to answer to God for. You see, Satan might put hundreds of people around a man and his gift, and constantly they do their best to try to elevate that man and brag on him and raise him up and lift him up and so on and so on. It'll never bother him as long as he in his own mind keeps himself little. But if it ever moves from them to him and he begins to think, I'm something. I am so unique. Are you? Or are you not like all the rest of the world out here? You think you're unique when you go to thinking you're unique? Uh, you think you're something when you go to thinking you're something? That's Hollywood. That's the world. But the paradox is when God can take men, women, boys, girls, singers, musicians, preachers, whatever more, and so gift them so far beyond anything this world has ever seen, and they look at their own life and their own successes and say humbly and truthfully, what have I ever done for God? Can you imagine the most gifted man that was born of a woman laying in his bed and pulling himself up on his bed and putting his hands behind his head like this and saying, Bill Brown, if you're going to ever do anything for God, you better get with it. You're past 50 years old. I always wanted to do something for the Lord. Now, he wasn't an actor of humility. This was a great man. But he was still little up here toward himself. That's the key. So I would, you know, and you know where the conversation, then a voice said, he started singing that song about it, and looking beyond the curtain of time, he said, would you want to? Would you, would you want to look beyond? He said, I think it would help me so much. Now watch his attitude, and he's not in the theophany, of course. He's not burst into the theophany. So it's actually a translation of mortality that is allowed to peer into the realm of immortality, but he's not actually burst into the theophany. So he, he feels himself go out of the body, and he looks back down the bed, and he's about 20 feet away. That's how close the sixth dimension is from us. Hallelujah. Amen. And all of a sudden, Harry saw that grass blowing, and my, my, the bluegrass. And here he hears all these thousands and thousands of people, and they're coming. Oh, our precious brother. Oh, our precious brother said, who, who, Who's this? What's, what's all this? And the voice said, oh, you're gathered with your people. Now notice, in a theophany, you know all things. But he wasn't in the theophany, so he said, are these Branhams? You see, he didn't know who they were. No, no, these are not Branhams. These are your converts. I hope you understand this. I'd rather be one of his converts than be a Branham and not be converted. You're not knowing by being a Branham. You're knowing by being a convert. Aren't you glad you're converted? <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Well, uh, who, who are these people? Uh, what are y'all doing? So they pick him up and they raise him up. What are you all doing? What 
don't do it. Oh, you was a leader in life. And your imagination looked and he said, there was millions. <laughs> so for those folks who feel like they're going to destroy this message and lead all the people away from this message to follow their drunken, oh my lives and living lives of sin, forget it. You're wasting your time. We've done been seen beyond the curtain of time and there wasn't 15 or 20, there was millions. Get out of your mind, a little bitty old handful of bride. No, there was millions beyond the curtain of time. Can you imagine the shock that Camorium said? You mean all this? God help me. He said, oh. And of course, when he come back to the earth, he got the big head and he developed a know-it-all attitude. And uh, he was the only one right from that point on. And nobody could ever. That's why friends and folks go to telling me about their heavenly visions and visitations and dreams and shouting and speaking in tongues. If they don't come back from their heavenly experience acting like this, I ain't going to take it. I don't care what they say. Call fire down out of heaven right in front of them and burn up that pulpit. Do whatever you want to do. I judge everything by the word. And it don't line up with the word. If it don't humble us, we've missed the understanding. What's this? The brother said, if God can pour out the blessings, he says, and the littler the man will become, and you'll never get more of God. What a key. Until you become. You see, this is the kenosis. But Satan is his highness, the puffiness. He cannot relate to this. As a matter of fact, he don't want it. It makes me so proud I'm not his young. Did you say amen to that? Notice this, you'll never get more of God until you become nothing. You've got to. Say it with me. Your brother. Your wife, your husband. Some of us are professionals at belittling other folks. And we belittle them by raising ourselves up. Some of you husbands that do that and to your wives in front of people, what are you thinking? Some of you wives that do that to your husband in front of people, tell me what are you thinking? You're not. What's in you that would make you want, you, you, you children, you, you parents, you raise your children, you want to belittle them? No, you have to correct them, sure. But what do you understand what you're doing? You're instilling something in them that'll take years from they ever get over it. You're stupid, you'll never amount to nothing on and on and don't say that. There's ways to correct, but don't do that. The person we need to belittle is ourselves. Not one another, not our brothers, not our sisters, not our wives, not our husbands, not our children. Focus on belittling yourself. Then you'll climb somewhere in God. I know this ain't deep. I know it's very simple. But I also know it kept so many preachers in this message from falling. If they would have obeyed it. 
But this is not even in message people unless they've got the Holy Ghost. Friends, when are we going to understand when we are born in this world, we are born lost with the nature of the devil. You've got to belittle yourself. And he that will exalt himself, God will bring a base. And he that will humble himself, God can't do it. God don't want to do it. God wants us to do it. Well, you say, don't that contradict what you've preached before about positive thinking and confessing the right thing? By no means. You confess the right thing of what you are in Christ Jesus. Not what you are by a Reagan. Or a Smith or a Brown or whatever more. Come on, saints. What we are in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes, I'm raised from the dead. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm a child of God. That's in Christ. But I am a Reagan. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm, I don't want to get up there and see some monkey up in them trees. That's my genealogy. I ain't worried about seeing monkeys. I figure bank robbers, horse thieves, and everything else is up in my family tree. No said, look at me like y'all, so holy and righteous from, from, the, from the Queen of Scots herself. It was some of your family that stole the horse from my horses, which taught them how to steal horses in the first place. <laughs> Notice this. How profound. He that will humble himself, God will exalt. You've got to get little before you can get big. And you'll never be big in your own self. You'll only, listen to this. This is what ought to make us so happy. You'll only be as big as God will be big in you. So if God in you wants you to be that big, you ought to just be the shoutest little midget ever was. But if God wants to be that big in you, then shout a little bigger. And if you're a big old guy, then shout real big. But only always remember, you're only as big as God will be big in you. Can I go on? Lucifer is on earth today trying to work in the church to accomplish the same purpose that he started before the foundation of the world. So he's in the church, is he? Lucifer was kicked out of heaven. That was, I got to basing up to this, that Lucifer in heaven tried to exalt himself and be just a little bit higher than his boss. Ah, just a little bit higher than his boss. You see, no man can really be a God-called leader who cannot be led himself. Any man, woman, boy, girl, whether they think they're so spiritual and yet they cannot be led by the word, they cannot be led by the message, they cannot be corrected by the message, they're not a leader, are they, Brother West? They can't be. Why would God ever use such a man? That person is a dictator, not a real God-called leader. A real God called leader can be led Amen. and can be corrected. 
Just as Brother Branham was able to admit to us, you know, I used to believe this and I used to believe that. And you Presbyterian brothers and you Baptist brethren had security wrong. Shreveport, 1965. You had it wrong and I had it wrong too. But when an angel of God stands and corrects you, Yep, that's a real God called leader. He can not only say he was wrong, but he's able to admit it knowing thousands of his followers were here. I can follow that kind of a man. I cannot follow a man that even when he's called him wrong, will never admit he's wrong. Oh, but you misunderstood me. You misunderstood me. I ain't following no man like that because that guy's going to hell unless he's changed. Amen. Now let's look at this guy. Marriage and divorce. Do you know that Satan was co-equal with God one day? Sure was. All but a creator. He stood. Oh my. He was everything stood right at the right hand of God in the heavens. The great leadings. He was a leader. A leader. The great leading cherubim. Now let's look at him now in verse 13. But thou hast said in thine heart. Now here is the beginning of sin in the universe. Notice he didn't strike up and found a Winston pack laying up in heaven somewhere. He said, oh man, there's a, there's a cigarette that somebody didn't smoke. Oh, <laughs> He didn't find a half a can of beer or a Budweiser or something over there. It wasn't some woman up there and said, oh, oh, oh. It started right here. Now Isaiah uses the word heart. The Hebrew word is actually the word for soul. So in his soul, oh my. For thou hast said in thy heart. What's this that down Calvary? Sin did not start on the earth. Sin started in heaven. Another reason why there has to be a new heaven. Woo! Glory! Sin started in heaven. But there ain't never been one devil dirty foot track that's ever stepped inside that new bride city. And there won't be. Hallelujah. But demons still have access to the heavens. Satan has access to the heaven. But in the, oh my, hallelujah, when the bride goes up and the tribulation begins, access gets cut off. Why? Because the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Sin started in heaven. Lucifer, the devil, was a condemned creature for his disobedience before he ever struck the earth. So sin began in heaven where God put the angels and so forth on the same basis that he put human beings on. Knowledge, the tree of knowledge, the tree of life, and the tree of knowledge where man could take his choice. And when Lucifer was given, notice now, when he was given the preeminences, you see, this is the only way <laughs> The only way that creatures like this come to their full fruition. It's not just what you hire a man to do. What you pay him a wage to do. It's what liberality you give him. And see what he does with that liberality. 
God will tell whether you can trust him or not. As long as he's laboring and working and laboring and working, and oh my, you're paying him a, a good moderate wage for what he's doing. Oh yes, he can do it. Give him a little bit more liberty and a little bit more liberty. And what did God do? God gave him the preeminence and he become a magistrate. A being of great authority in the heavens. Notice this. When Lucifer was given the preeminence to make his choice, ah, he wanted something better than God had. Now can please anybody explain this to me and I will pause and give you 13 seconds. Talk fast. How could any being think you could ever have anything greater, better than God has. That's got to be a warped being. But sometimes we think it. We look at the program of God, but I don't know why God called that man. I'd have never called him. Ah, could have been why God did. I'll tell you one thing, I'd have never done this and I'd have never done that. Was you on the board when God made those decisions? God did that on his own. So you see, our carnal mind still looks and says, well, there's got to be a better plan. And there's got to be something else. Don't you understand where we're getting that thinking? Some of y'all hate worldliness. But you're limited in your understanding of what worldliness is. Oh, you hate bob hair. You hate necklaces. You hate all that sort of thing. My goodness, you'd never sit down and look at it on television. You'd never say curse words. And you're as worldly as the devil himself. Because you're full of pride and arrogance and question God's way and question God's leader and devise your own thinking above the mind of God and sit there with all clean and holiness and worldly on the inside. Goodness gracious, I think I need to take a long vacation to South America somewhere. Lucifer was given the preeminence to make his choice. He wanted something better than God had. That started the trouble. Can't you see what he done? When he came down to the Garden of Eden, what did he do? Offered Eve something better than what God gave her. What's he offering people today, friends? A life better than being a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't want nobody telling me how to dress. I don't want to be told this and that and the other. Well, go ahead. You're going to either be a servant of God or a servant of the devil. One. And if you don't serve God, then the devil will get you all bound up with habits and addictions and things out there. All you do is switch masters. And he ain't got no heaven to take you to. He can't heal you when you get sick. He can't bind you up when you're broken hearted. Notice this. He says, the Bible said the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Not the man that sinneth, but the soul that sinneth. So Satan must surely die to be completely destroyed. How I disagree with the universalist that say that Satan will be saved. They promote that the evil had to come into the world. There was a created being that would bring it about at the end. When it's all said and done, God will save the created being because he needed him. He served a purpose. Trash. Nonsense. He done it on his own choice, just like you and I do. He sinned, and he's the originator of sin. 
and his soul sinned. And he was a spirit. That spirit had to be, shall be totally annihilated to be nothing left of it. And you think, why would God make him that way? Why would God make him that he was so beautiful? It's all in his great providence. It's a great thing, really, when you can see a woman that's a pretty woman, a beautiful woman, and able to hold herself. When you can see a man that's handsome and a man that, you know, the ladies of the world and all that would like and all that sort of thing, and yet the man is able to retain his character and hold that. You see, you are reflecting by that choice what Satan chose to do the opposite of in heaven. Every time a son of God, a daughter of God, will take fine traits that Satan would want to use for his own kingdom, and they submit it to the Lord Jesus instead of the devil, they're another slap in the devil's face. You are doing what Satan chose not to do. Oh, how I love and appreciate our young men. Don't y'all just appreciate our young folks being sitting up here in front, sitting back there where they said amen and clapping and worshiping God. Hallelujah. They made a picture of the use of the church here a couple of years ago, and I've got it sitting right there in the middle of my bookcase. I say it absolutely every time I'm there in the office. How it makes me appreciate young men and young women that desire to live right in this day, or how they would be a, a bait trap of the devil by them, by their choice, saying no to the devil. No, Satan, I don't want your rock and roll. No, Satan, I don't want your alcohol and your drugs. But they say to Jesus, Jesus, I want your life. I want your love. I want your mercy. I want your Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They are slapping the devil right in the face and saying, devil, what you turn down, I accept by the grace of God. <laughs> Notice this in the true vine. The prophet said, look at Cain. He come with sincerity. But look in the background. His daddy, the devil. He was influenced by his daddy. When he was up there in heaven, he set up a kingdom more beautiful, more elaborate, pretty than what Michael's was. He tried to get a greater kingdom. That's why he was kicked out. Smoking cigarettes. Snorting dope, chasing all the women around heaven. There wasn't no women up there. Look at this one word. You say it. Pride. Pride. Beauty. Stuck up. Some people could wear britches that look like a bobcat tore them all to pieces. They could wear a shirt that looked like it come out of a rat's den, holes in their shoes and smell like a polecat. And they got that Mr. Cool attitude. They may be flat broke, ain't got a penny to their name, 
but they self-generate damnable pride. Kenosis me, Lord. Now look, friend, we'll never be the same after this service tonight. You're either going to be puffed or emptied. I'm warning you, in the name of the Lord Jesus, you'd been better off and never darken those doors tonight if you don't plan on taking this word and applying it to your life because I'll prophesy to you in His name. You'll become worse. We can't hear truths and ever be the same. We must take it. It's not enough to shake your head. It's not enough to even squall amen. We've got to take the word and apply it to our lives. Oh my. Lord Jesus, help us. And when he come here, there was a, a nature of him riding his boy. Here was the nature of the devil riding his boy. His boy who? Cain. And it hasn't died yet. Oh, I see. So when Cain died, the nature that was in his boy is still alive, is it? Anybody honest enough to say... Uh, <clears throat> Every now and then I kind of feel a little bit of that raised up in me. Brother Donnie, go ahead. Come on. There you go. Be a big boy. Be a big girl. Come on. There you go. Take that other hand and ease it on up. There you go. There you go. I hate that about us. I hate that about us. I don't hate you. But I hate that about us. Preachers get it. Churches get it. I notice it on ministers' chats that I'm on. That if certain ministers report a miracle, oh, their miracles are always more supernatural, more great, more wonderful. Somebody else will share a testimony of a miracle. Oh, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And I think, Lord, where are we going? Where are we at? If I cannot rejoice because a miracle is performed in another brother's ministry, if you cannot have a, a joy in your heart because it didn't happen through mine, we need to repent. If God performs a miracle in the Baptist church, I'm going to say, thank God. If God touches a Trinitarian and performs a miracle, I'm going to say, praise the Lord. God loves the human race, not just Happy Valley. Say, Brother Donnie, I think you're taking that out too far, Emma. Well, I'm following the pattern of William Marion Branham. He goes straight from the devil, and then the next paragraph he says, and when he come here, there was a nature of him writing his boy, and it hasn't died yet. That's right. Oh, big church. Say, I belong to the biggest church in town. So you mean bring it straight from the devil, straight to Cain, and straight to the church. That don't mean a thing. Not a thing. What is it? How is your heart with God tonight? That's the next thing. 
kenosis or puffed up. I got a sermon I'd like to preach sometime. The Lord gave me the thought of it several years ago on a stuffed shirt or a stuffed heart. Because the brother Bam said, talking about pride and arrogance and selfishness and this and that and the other. Many people come to Christ, he said, and they become a stuffed shirt. We don't want to be a stuffed shirt. We want to have a full heart. Can we stand together? If y'all ain't able, I understand you can just remain seated. Deacon brothers, y'all, y'all want to help them get up? <clears throat> Let me share this last one with you in the greatest battle ever fought. And I know we've read this for years actually, but this great first battle that was ever fought in heaven, began in heaven rather, when Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels. It first started, the first battle was in heaven. Imagine war in heaven. So sin did not originate on earth, it originated in heaven. And then it was thrown down from heaven, cast out of heaven to the earth. Lord children, it ain't no wonder we go through so much. And fail on human beings, then the battle from angels become human battles. How in the world are we ever going to be able to face beings? We'll get into it, I'm not sure tomorrow, but in, in a service or two. That when Daniel is praying and he prays for 21 days, and the angel Gabriel finally comes and says, Oh, Daniel, greatly beloved of the Lord. And one of the first things he tells him is how much he was loved. He must have been wondering if he was or not. God don't tell you things for no reason. So he'd been praying for 21 days and nothing had happened. And he says, from the first day that you were heard, I was sent from the presence of God. We're talking about Gabriel. The angel Gabriel. I was sent from the presence of God to make known to you the truth of your vision. But I was withstood by the prince of Persia. Now here was a demon which was over the kingdom of Persia. That's amazing when you look at this. And I don't want to give all this out because we'll deal with it in a week or so. But this demon was so moving on the political sphere of Persia. And the whole thing was, those of you that know your Bible history know that by then there had already been several hundred, that's a couple thousand actually, that had left this kingdom and headed back to Jerusalem. But the political power was trying to stop them from rebuilding the walls and building their city. And this demon that was on the kings or the magistrates or the political sector was hindering them every way they turned. You're going to laugh at me. I believe if saints pray, God can still be able to move on presidents' hearts, dictators' hearts, kings' hearts, magistrates, potentates. If we're not careful, we'll take predestination, we'll go to seed on it, we'll think, well, whatever's going to be is going to be, and I don't even need to pray. I'm sure glad Daniel didn't have that attitude. 
Daniel's prayer sent this angel of God down there and he warred and warred. But Amos, with this, this prince of Persia, you imagine Gabriel. And Gabriel was overpowered by this fallen angel because in the creation of the hierarchy of God, that demon over Persia had more authority than Gabriel did. Well, I figured y'all would look at me like that. And when he fell, he didn't lose it. In the hierarchy, arche, in the principalities, in the order of creation, he still had more authority, Brother West. But who did God send? Michael. What does Michael mean? One like God. Christ. I'm so glad angels have got enough sense to know when they get overwhelmed to call on the higher power. It's a shame some of us message folks don't. <laughs> and what did he do? Michael come down and turn the battle. And Gabriel was able to come down and let Daniel know. And whenever he gets ready to turn back, he said, now look. He said, I've got to go back and fight with the kings of Grisha. Hmm, Grisha. Grisha wasn't even in power yet. But the kingdom was fixing to change from the Persian Empire to the Greek Empire. Already been another demon chosen to be inspiration of the Greek Empire. And he said, I'm going back to fight him. But I had to break loose and give you this message. You're loved of the Lord. <laughs> Oh, Lord, have mercy. Sometimes I feel like I fight through every devil in hell. I fight discouragement. I fight sickness. I fight all the things ever was. But I got a message. I got to come and tell you, you're loved of the Lord. I've got a message I've got to bring to you that he's willing to forgive us of our mistakes and our shortcomings if we'll only let him. Anybody here want that message? Anybody here want that message? Yes, Lord, tell me, Jesus. If Gabriel was overwhelmed, how can I face such things? And yet in the New Testament, my Bible tells me, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah. Notice he said, then it fell on human beings and the battle become from angels, become human battles. And Satan come to destroy God's creation. What God had created to be for himself, he, Satan come to destroy this. That's what his purpose was. You, to destroy you. Then the battle began here on earth and began in us. And it's been raging ever since. And this was preached in 1962. And I'll say it's still going on. But I will also say we're not just barely hanging off by the skin of our teeth and we might make it and we might not. I'll say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No matter how much sickness we've got, our God's still a healer. No matter how much distress we're under, our God's still a deliverer. Is that true, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
but the way for us to be able to do it. Oh, I wonder how much miraculous and supernatural God would love to have among us. If he could find some people that he could use and they wouldn't get all big-headed and get to thinking they're above their brothers and they're superior to their brothers. God help us. God help us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight, Lord. Jesus, if I've ever said anything in pride or arrogance or in any way to lift up myself above any of my brothers, please forgive me. Any of us here tonight, Lord, whether it be singers, preachers, just lay folk, forgive us, Lord, if we get an arrogant attitude, thinking we're better, our clothes are a little better, our car's a little nicer, and we would look down our nose at maybe some poor folk that come here to the church. The love of God so should be in our hearts. Brother Branham told us how it should be that the Holy Ghost in our hearts would make a tuxedo suit hug overalls. And I feel no ill feeling toward them. Because in Christianity, there are no upper class and lower class and middle class. They're all one class. The born again, Holy Ghost filled children of God. Forgive us, Father. Help us, Lord, to find that delicate balance of even when you do things, of being able to share the testimony and to give honor to you and not take any honor to ourselves. I probably have leaned toward the margin of error the other way. I've told very little what I've seen you do in my ministry over the years, afraid that people would take it the wrong way. But Lord, I don't desire to brag on me or brag on our church or anything about us, but to brag on you. But it's such a delicate spot when we can see that preachers, if they're not careful, they, there's a, a line there that's it's invisible. It's so very hard to detect where that line is that we give praise and testimony to you. And then we just step over that line so easily and we start giving a little bit of that credit to ourselves. Help us, Father. Forgive me, Lord, if I've not witnessed enough of your own praise and glory because of the fear of self-glory and honor or gratification. Lord, truly our desire is that Jesus may be glorified. May every singer here that sings, may every minister, every deacon, every person that has an office, every lay person, may that be the desires of our heart, that Jesus can be glorified. And that if He uses us in a song and it so blesses the church that we don't begin to think we're something, because when we do that, you'll pull your anointing back away. God help us. Lord, we need your touch. We need your supernatural among us. We need healing. We need deliverance. We need all these things. 
you can only find people you can use that don't want to become a God or an angel. Help us, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. We're so opinionated. We're so big on ourselves, and I think and I believe. God, please help us to realize how wrong that is. So many of us give our opinion and it's not even asked for. Help us to realize that's not the nature of the Holy Ghost in us. That is still that worldliness that's in our first makeup. And yet we may not smoke, drink, run around. Oh, I hate the world. I hate the world. People can say that because they don't fully know what worldliness is. Lord Jesus, cleanse us tonight, I pray. Help us, Father. Wash us, Lord God. Begin with me. As I said here Wednesday night, Lord, may you scan my life. Not with an MRI or a CT scan, but may the Word pass over my life. Search my motives, my objectives, everything about me, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh God, may every man, woman, boy, and girl that's here, those that have watched this service, streamed it, may they with their heads bowed in their car, in their living room, wherever they are, may that be their petition as well, Lord. Oh, what peace could be among us if we'd be able to crucify ourselves. This is what causes contentions among us. This is what causes divisions among us. This is what causes divisions in homes, in families, in churches. It's because we want our own way. We want our own will. Our own desires. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Help me to be a kenosis son of God. If there's any puffiness in me tonight, Lord, take a good long straight pen and put it in the balloon of my pride. And let that balloon go to sizzling through the air. And all the air go out of it, Father. Won't you grant it, Lord? Lord Jesus, may I always remain little, small, insignificant in my own eyes. Always, Lord. Anybody feel that way tonight? You want to remain little? Well, if you're not that way tonight, I believe God can help you be that way. But once you get there, don't ever leave it. That's a way of getting more in God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I would have never in my wildest imagination ever thought that you would have took the kenosis of our blessed Savior and went in this direction. But am I so glad you did. I can see why it was so absolutely vitally important that you come this way. He said, I will. And you said, your will be done. He was crushing the serpent under his feet. Praise God. Help us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, blessed God. Can we just raise our hands for just a few minutes now in the presence of the Lord? Oh, I know you might feel whipped up a little bit. You might feel all bruised and all cut. But 
Maybe we can worship just a little bit and see if he won't pour out a little bit of oil and wine and kind of bring a little bit of healing for us. Praise God. I know, friends, this might be tough to bear now, but one of these days, you'll be so happy that you heard it. You'll be so happy that you heard it and obeyed it. Oh, praise God. You'll shout down the streets of glory one day, thanking God for the truth that sets you free from yourself. Many of you have quit drinking years ago, quit smoking years ago, but you still ain't free from yourself. Your human temperament, your human makeup still dominates so much of your life and dominates your spiritual walk with God. That's why we're no closer to God tonight than what we are. Because of that serpent thing that still aggravates us and hisses at us. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sing something for us here. We worship you, Lord God. We praise your name tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Oh, use us, Lord, if you can. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This meeting now as we sing it. Thank you, Jesus. May I be like Sing that part again. Change my heart, oh God. If there's anything in me, Lord Jesus, that's unlike you, Father God, show me tonight, Lord. I'll make it right. If I've offended anyone, Lord, let me know who they are. I'll not lay my head down on the pillow before I make it right, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are the oh, Let's just raise our hands now.
Jesus make it ever true oh blessed God heart oh God again oh my hallelujah let's just make it a prayer as we sing it to him now change my heart oh God oh change my heart oh God you to pray with me now I'm in contact with people as you know all over the world and I don't think that I have ever heard the years since I've been in the message of so much sickness so much disease so much trouble so much anxiety so much problems in homes and families and churches it's just unbelievable the things that people are going through We've heard the Lord tell us for years and years it was going to get worse, and we probably imagined this and that and the other, and probably no doubt some of the things you're dealing with tonight are worse than they've ever been, but they're different than what you thought they would be. 
that's where a lot of us are. But I believe in spite of all that's going on, our God is still mindful. Don't you? It's not like the Lord's running out here at the end of time and He said, oh, I'm running out of power. I'm running out of healing. I'm running out of mercy. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? It's a shortage. I don't, I don't believe our God's that way. You know, the thing with the coronavirus and they're predicting pandemic and this and that and the other levels. And if you're not careful, the fear of something like that is actually worse than getting it. And it's really sad when politicians go to peddling it and trying to play political games. We think, why, why don't we just be concerned about human beings? Lay aside what color they are. Lay aside how they vote in the ballot box. They are a human being. Can't you see how rotten it is? Friends, can't you see our nation is, is in the office shape it's ever been politically? People in the message getting on Facebook. I'm not on the thing. I don't want it. But I hear about it all the time. People getting on Facebook. People in the message fussing and fighting about politics and this and the, this and this and this and this and this. You think, don't you understand what you're doing? Don't you understand who's in charge of politics? Satan. Sure, it's scary. We've got a socialist. A declared socialist running for president. And the sad part about it is many of our American people will vote for him. I hope and pray to God it ain't none of you. You stay true to a party and vote in a socialist. You ought to go to Venezuela with me sometime. Cuba. Pick up your dictionary and read what socialism is and then ask yourself, could I do such a thing? Or Brother Donnie, I couldn't vote for the other end either. I understand. Might get to a place we can't vote because of our conscience won't let us. God help us. But if God could hear the prayer of the prophet Daniel in order to change the political scheme, you notice it. That angel of God was sent down there to answer the prayer of a prophet of God. It didn't just help that prophet, but it released that Lord. It released that angel to be able to deal with the magistrates, the kings, the princes, and all the rest of them to turn their heart toward the Jews in Jerusalem. Isn't it amazing that under the Grecian Empire, when the dispensation changed, that most of the Grecian kings actually favored Israel, sending them money to build their house? That's my kind of king, I'll tell you one thing. That's my God that he makes the devil pay for your own church house. Yeah. That's my God. Why? The prophet of God prayed. Amen. No wonder the Bible says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. I want us to pray for God's bride around the world tonight before we go. Brother Ron Spencer had his treatment on this week and on Tuesday and I've been in touch with him just about every day and left him very, very weak, which they expected to be so. So we just want to remember our brother, that the Lord has just strengthened him in his body. And God will just help him. He's claiming his miracle, professing that it's already happened. The prophet tells us what to do. You get the image of a well person out there in front of you and just keep walking till you step right into it. It works, don't it, Brother Keith? It works, does it not, saints? Different ones of you have went through similar things and you know that it works. Let's pray for the people of God. Look, there's demons over every nation. Demons over our nation. But if we agree together tonight, I believe God's able to move for His children. Amen. Don't pray for yourself now. Heavenly Father, I know this might seem peculiar. 
but you laid it on my heart, so I'm going to follow you. I want to pray for your wife around the world tonight, Lord. Dear God, hearing from my brothers in different nations and different countries, Lord, some in India under religious persecution, some in China, different parts of the world, Lord, suffering. Some, Lord Jesus, not so much from the higher-ups, but from local communities, suffering under the hand of Islam. Lord Jesus, others of us that don't fight that way, it's things in our body, or things in our home, or things on the job, or things in our church. Lord, we're not here tonight to complain. We're not here tonight to sing a sad, pitiful song. But we're here tonight to call on the name of our mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We read that story in the book of Daniel chapter 10. We see that Israel, as a nation, had a conquering hero that was assigned to their welfare. Praise God. When Gabriel was sent down, Gabriel by himself could not bring through that stronghold. But the hero of the Israeli nation was sent down, and his name was Michael. We might be overwhelmed tonight, Lord, with sickness and anguish and sorrow. But we've got a hero too. A mighty conqueror. That Michael became our Christ. That Christ became our Jesus. That Jesus became our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We've got a mighty conqueror tonight who is a hero. And we're not ashamed when we get overwhelmed to call upon the name of our conqueror tonight and say we need help. Lord God, your bride needs healing. Father, I've never heard of so much sickness and so much disease and so much thing that's rampant among your people. And Father, we're by no means discouraged tonight, Lord. We are greatly encouraged because we believe it's opportunities for you to be able to move for us. Lord God, so much going on. But Father God, we call upon the name of that same Lord Jesus who moved in the book of Acts because we believe there's another Acts 2 church on the earth today. We believe the same Lord Jesus that worked with them is among us. We've seen you do mighty supernatural things among us. And the prophet said, we long, we see those things, but we long to see more of them among us. I don't believe it's you, Lord. Lord, I don't believe that it's you that's lost power. We know the part is us. So, Father, help us. Lord, help me, help the minister, brothers, here at the church and around the world, that we, Lord God, can be instruments, tools that you can use. If you have to set us out there in the sands as it was, oh God, to be able to mold us and shape us and break us. Oh, help us, Father. Help me that I can be a tool, Lord God, that you can use me, Lord, for whatever more. Oh, Lord Jesus, mold your men, shape your men, Father, that they can be tools in the hands of the Master. 
Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We believe it tonight, Father. May the hand of God, Lord, you see our nation. You see our politics. You see the way our people's going. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus for the sake of your bride. We don't pray for an easy way out of here. But, Lord, we'd still like to maintain our liberty to go to the house of God. We'd still like to have a move of the Holy Ghost when we come to church, Lord. We don't want to just sit around and say, well, we're at the end time. That's the end of it. I ain't letting that devil rob me of my blessings in the people peace of God in the Holy Ghost. I believe you still want to save the lost. I believe you want to baptize with the Holy Ghost. I believe, Father, you want to do miracles. I believe you're still the Almighty God. I believe if somebody dies among us, you can raise them from the dead. I believe if they stop breathing in their body, you can give them life again. We've seen you do it, Lord, just a few months back, and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's our right. It's our inheritance as the people of God. And oh yes, we will have to fight for it, but we will fight for it. It is our inheritance, Lord. We love you tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you, oh God. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise be to God. And the church said, how many believes it with all your heart? That's what we do. We pray, we believe, we expect. Amen, because we are believers. The world lies, the world drinks, the world runs around. Why do they do it? Because they're the world. Well, we pray, we believe, we shout, we go to church, we read the Word, we obey the Word. Why? Same simple reason. We are the Word. They do it because they're the world. We do this because we are the Word. We want to go to church. I'm more excited now about serving God than I've ever been in my life. Brother Donnie, ain't you getting bored? Bored? Are you kidding me? I find so much stuff in the Word, I'm thinking I'm about to blow apart. I wanted to lay down a little bit today and try to rest a little bit. And the Lord said, uh-uh, you ain't laying down. Sit right here with this laptop in your lap. I ventured from eternity down through the rainbow of time. I fell down through that little hickey and come back around again. Wound over in Daniel 10, 20, Daniel 10, 13. I thought, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to back off of me a little bit. i got to preach tonight. Woo, finally the anointing eased up about 20 to 3 and I got ready to lay down a little bit and rest to God. I got up a few minutes after that and here he come again. Praise God. Amen. I love it when he comes because when he comes, folks are set free. When he comes, things happen. Oh, I know some of y'all get excited about money like that. Some of your brothers get excited about platinum and gold and silver and, you know. Some of your sisters get excited about a sale going on here, there, there. All that will pass away. You ought to pray that God will help you too. You'll be so excited about church. You'll be so excited. Even when you're on vacation, you're watching your watch. Oh, my. 10 to 7, they're getting ready. Oh, my. The song's going on at 7 o'clock. Praise God. About 7.30. Brother Donnie's fixing to come on. It ought to be so exciting. Oh, Brother Donnie, I'm getting so bored at church. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost so it'll make you so drunk that you love the house of God more than anywhere else in the world. Sing, my brother. God bless you, saints. I love you with all my heart. I know one of these days I'll get too old to preach or 
Y'all won't want me to preach no more, whichever comes first. But I want to thank you for letting me be able to serve you. If I die tonight and I give up the ghost, I want the Lord to be able to say, well done. I'll be looking for you that day. I want to do it with all of my heart. Every service I preach, whether I preach to five or 5,000, I want to give everything I've got. Don't you? When you come to the house of God, you ought to be able to. But I'm sick. I understand I preach many times sick, and you never know it. I preached in church passing kidney stones, and you didn't know it. So this is why I'm kind of hard on you. You think he's hard on us? I am. Because I'm hard on myself. And I ain't going to let you all get by for any less than what I give. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to get my best. So if y'all just come to church like that, uh, that ain't going to sit well. You know why I fall this way? Because my Jesus gave his best. Hey, he deserves our best. God bless you. See you in the morning, Lord willing. Love you with all my heart. No, we appreciate Brother Harry. Appreciate all these musicians, singers, deacons, trustees, Sunday school teachers, song leaders, lay people. God bless you. I'm just in an appreciation mood tonight. I'm going to appreciate y'all and let you go. We've not sung this in a while, if y'all help. Morning, I see you in the sunrise every morning. It's like a picture that you've painted for Love letter in the sky Story I could have had a really different story But you came down you as long